It's been quite a while, everybody, but we're back. This is episode 18 of the Startup Diary, where in this episode, to get ourselves back into the swing of things, Adam wanted to share some of his experiences in the armed forces, and how that's helped him in the world of business. Now, army life isn't for everyone, and very clearly wasn't for Adam, or we wouldn't be doing this show. So I wanted to know, what first drew him into the army? Okay, I probably should have expected this question, but I really didn't. Um, the thing that drew me to the army specifically, and it was kind of the reason that I decided to leave, was before I joined the army, I was in a very averagely paid job on a long career cycle, and I didn't want that path. And I just looked around at ways to accelerate that and do something a little bit interesting while I was doing it. And what I found was... The army paid really well for the sort of role that I wanted to get into. Um, Which was? Military intelligence. So the role pays even better when you're abroad with any role within the army, uh, the armed forces. Um, And with the specialization that I wanted to go into, um, you actually got to be away for nine months of the year. So I quickly did some back of the fag packet maths and discovered that I could probably jump from 17 or 18,000 pounds that I was earning plus commissions um, doing the job that I was doing to very quickly 45 to 65 um, thousand pounds um, in a short space of time. So the idea for me was really simple. I would do the army. I enjoyed general fitness and stuff like that anyway. I thought it'd be challenging. Do the army, do it for five years, leave with a wad of cash to start my own business. That was the plan. Okay. So you were already thinking quite long-term at that point as well. Yeah, yeah, completely. Turned out there were some interesting things in that decision-making process that came to bite me back in the ass, but that was the original thing. Actually, to throw it back before that, I actually, yeah, you didn't know about Oh, you did know about this. Um, so when I was actually doing my A-levels, I originally left not wanting to go to university and I applied for the Royal Marines. That was for completely different reasons. That was for family reasons more than anything. I just wanted to sort of get away and do my own thing. Okay. Uh, then went back into the working world, did that for a few years, and then the plan came um, to try and save this what of cash to start my own business. Why the Marines? Just you and me talking there. I've got a huge ego. Really? Um, yeah. Just <laughs> I've got a huge ego and it was just, uh, it was probably that 99.99% need not apply after yeah. that I was watching at the cinema one day. And I just thought, Meh, I could do that. Uh, so I did, went down to Limpston, did the three days training course, got accepted. Um, turns out that you can go on the training course, do all that. And then if you've got a tattoo above the neckline, it's going to cause you some problems. I uh, needed to get that removed. There was a delay. It had already taken me 12, 14 months to get to that point. Um, didn't go through the effort, which kind of shows that I wasn't that committed if I wasn't prepared to get the tattoo removed and then go down that cycle again. Um, but yeah, the Royal Marines was just purely because I've got a big ego. And if I wanted to do anything, I wanted to kind of do it try right. To, yeah, do the best you could. Yeah, just try, try it and push my luck and see the perceived best uh, and then try that. Okay. That's why the Marines came in. So we've heard that the army was part of a longer vision for Adam and something that he had put a lot of thought into. Let's hear what he had to say about what his biggest fears were going into the program, how it panned out for him and how what he learned carried across to the working world. What was your biggest fear at the start of when you started the course? Yeah, so it was three months. So the first four weeks was mandatory. You went and you couldn't leave in that first four weeks. After that, uh, it's called phase one training. You do three months uh, or 14 weeks yeah. close to that. Uh, and then after that, you come back for phase two. And when you start phase two, that's when you sign the dotted line and you can't leave for four years. The biggest concern that I had probably on the train going down there was that I'd fail. 
Really? Yeah, seriously. So purely because I didn't know, but my whole fam- my family was like, obviously concerned because you joined the armed forces, but they were super proud. Um, so they actually threw a nice, great big party for me. I had like friends and family that I hadn't seen in ages that traveled miles to come and see me. Um, and the pure thing that when I went down there was just self-doubt. Because you're in, but it doesn't mean you've passed. And it was just this thing that was eating at the back of me saying, I do not want to get back on this train in four weeks' time and go back home um, and be a failure. <laughs> yeah, that sat on my shoulders a lot. Hmm. That's very interesting. So my brother did the, the same sort of regiment that uh, Adam is talking about now. He's going to be telling us a bit about. But he actually went on to phase two. So speaking to him about phase one and asking the same question about two days ago, he said something really similar. He, he said that he'd never admitted it at the time, mm-hmm. but he just didn't want to have had a fuss made. There wasn't even that big a fuss made, but to him it was. And then come home and said that it wasn't for him. Yeah. Now, we wouldn't have minded that at all. It doesn't. If he was happy, that's what, what mattered to us. But to him, that was the number one thing saying, I started this. So I have to finish it. And that was the exact opposite thing we wanted him to go in doing. So that just shows me that the military just must attract a similar sort of person because it turned out that after after seven weeks in, I knew it wasn't for me. But I refused to talk to anyone about that. I just thought, no, uh, it's only <laughs> it's only four years. Let's just get through it was what was going through my head. Yeah, it was super difficult to actually come to the point where I realized and was honest, not just with myself, but with those around me that, this wasn't the lifestyle choice that I wanted. Did you talk to Harry? Because he's your best friend. No. Not even Harry? No. Any reason for that? Or was it back to that? Too proud. Yeah. Yeah, too proud. Uh, he was one of the first people that I spoke to after I'd made the personal decision to say, this is it. I've got to leave because it's not for me. Um, but in that decision-making process, just now it's just me. Okay. It's clear that his experiences affected him in quite a profound way. And I came to understand that the more and more that we spoke. So I just had to ask. You mentioned that you, you gained a lot from it. So walk us through what it was like very briefly. Yeah, so their, their sole ambition when you get down there for the first couple of weeks is to break you down and build you back up. They tell you that. So you're surrounded by, you're in a, basically a dorm with 14, 12 other people. Um, and you literally spend two weeks becoming an absolute ninja with an iron. What I mean by that is you get given a lot of kit. You have to do a lot of things during the day. You're probably changing four times a day into uh, like dress kit and then sports kit. You're doing lots of different activities. But all that kit needs to get washed and ironed perfectly. So you finish at about 9, 10 o'clock, and then you do a minimum of four hours ironing. And then you get inspection in the morning, and then from there, they'll find a grain of dirt on the bottom of one of your boots, and they will literally, I've shown you the photos, they will yeah. literally tear everything out of your wardrobe, um, scrump it all up, and make sure that you have to get it done that night. And it's 10 times harder than it was before. Um, and that was constant for about two to four weeks. And just pers- like personal takeaway from that is, <laughs> well, I didn't chin the guy, which I was impressed with. Um, the number of times where you just need to just hold yourself back when you've got someone who you don't really respect a lot at that point. It builds up to the respect side. But um, possible anger issues, just thinking about it <laughs> four or five years ago. But it's just discipline more than anything you just start to learn uh, very, very basic discipline. Um, and I think that's one of the big things that carries through to now. Just routine and discipline is probably two of the biggest things that I took away just from that three and a half months I was there. And has that carried across to your business ventures from there, that discipline? Oh, 100%. The discipline that you get taught when you're in the armed forces is for a very specific reason. 
the reason that they do it, so they don't tell you about this straight away. They just make it sound like they're just being dicks. But after about five weeks in, they explain to you that the reason that they are so fussy with the fact that you need to clean the bottom of your boots perfectly is just to take orders. I don't like taking orders, never have. But when they explain it to you in terms of the reason you need to be able to take orders is because when you're out in the field, if you don't do as we instruct you, there's other people's lives around you being yeah. in danger. You're probably thinking, how the hell does that translate into business? But the whole danger of life thing doesn't. But the thing that I probably learned from that, just thinking about it out loud, is don't just tell people why you're doing it. Sorry, don't tell people to do something. Give them the actual explanation why, and you're probably going to get a lot better results from those people. Um, yeah, I never actually thought about it like that, but that's probably one of the bigger takeaways that I took is there's a guy that I literally hated for four weeks, and after he opened up, and it's probably the way they plan to do things, all of a sudden, if he tells you to jump 15 times on the spot with a toothbrush hanging out your ass, you'll do it because he's built a lot of trust up with you very quickly because he's just being honest with you. Um, so discipline and leadership. What, do you have a nickname while you were there? No, it's probably the only place I've never had a nickname. It was just surname, um, Callow. And that's probably because every time you get addressed by a corporal, it's Callow 216-3664. You remember your number? I just lost the end of it. 216-31146, I believe it was. Okay. Um, and anyone that's in the armed force in the UK will know that. Uh, so it starts off really low. I when, I, when I left, I was talking to one that I just left the army and I told my number. And they physically do just go up incrementally. So from like one all the way up. So I was that numbered person to ever have joined the armed forces. And really? Yeah, so you can get a good indication of how long someone's been in the forces purely from their number. I couldn't believe that when I found out, but it was great. Ah, okay. um, so yeah, just Calla. No nickname. What was the hardest experience you went through while you were there? Because I've heard stories and I think I know what mine would be, but I've not been through it. And it's very different. I think I know what would be hard for you, but I don't think it's the actual doing what you're told to do even though I think you'd be like, at least said you want to chin someone. <laughs> I think a lot of the actions you take are predicated on the idea of you're doing it for someone else, whether it's your family, your business, or whatever it is. There's usually a focus behind what you're doing. Yep. And I think if there's not a clear focus on that, I think you'd struggle there. Yeah, that, like, for the first four weeks, that was really difficult because you're getting told to do something by someone you didn't really trust or know and for no clear reason. So yeah, that was difficult. In terms of the hardest thing, it's got to be, I remember it so clear. <sighs> That's where it gets real, this is, by the way. This is where it gets really real. I remember being awake at about quarter past three in the morning in tears on the toilet cubicle because I just realized that I have to leave a week before I signed. I thought, this isn't for me. And I thought, I now know there is 100% going to happen that I have to call up my family and say, it's not for me, I'm coming home. And I was there for probably an hour and a half. Why? Like what, what? Walk me through. Pure um, pride. Pure pride. The relief that I had after discovering how everyone else around me perceived what I was doing didn't teach me that, oh, people around me are great. It taught me, like, the takeaway for me was just 100% be true to, sounds so cliche, but 100% be true to what's going on inside you and don't do, don't fucking do anything because you think it will make you look better in front of other people. If you're doing it for those reasons, it will crumble down. At some point. It was a long hour and a half on that toilet cubicle. And I, like, if you ask Sarah and my wife, then she, the message came, must have been about five, about five past five. I was like, it's not for me. That's the other thing as well, is because when you left, you and Sarah were together, weren't you? Yeah. So we've been together for uh, about nine months, but she knew that all the time that we were together, that I was joining the army. That was always the plan. It, that was in motion before I met Sarah. And she was okay with that? 
She said she was, but we didn't realise we'd end up getting married. I think it was just a, yeah, okay, let's have some fun for nine months and then you can bugger off and be out my life. Um, but yeah, here we are, married, one kid, one on the way in a few weeks. But yeah, that was that was definitely the... I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to look back at it as a low point because it was a massive turning point for me. Um, I stopped being that guy who, uh, very egocentric, um, big life lesson for me, just do things for you, not for other people. And don't be too proud. Okay, so it's here at this point, after getting a better understanding of everything, that I decided to throw him a curveball and ask him something that I don't think that he was expecting, but something our listeners might find interesting. How patriotic would you say you are, Adam? It's a really good question. Um, didn't think that was going to come up today. So my loyalties is my friends and family. Patriotic, that wasn't a driving factor for me being in the army. And that's why it's a great, to be honest, Mike, it's a really, really good question because I remember feeling like an imposter. So there was a guy called Stanners who was in the next bed to me. And I remember him saying, I said, as long as they put a roof over my head and feed me, I'm here for life. Yeah. And I thought, wow, I'm here. I'm here just for the cash. I just need to make some bank so I can save up and I can start a business. And when I'm surrounded by people like that, that are truly there and they're talking to me about my dad was in the forces, but that was, had no impact on me joining. Um, I'm surrounded by people that are there because it's legacy in their family or they just, they're so patriotic. Just, I wasn't doing it for queen and country. Having said that, the bonds that you create there, I genuinely don't believe 99% of the people are doing it for queen and country. They create such a strong bond. Like those guys are like family to me after three months, just because of the environment you put in. If after three months, like, uh, people had to go and fight like those you wouldn't leave those guys like yeah. you just the whole shoulder to shoulder thing that's what that three month period does and he was the first person that I confided in and says this isn't for me and like he was just awesome about it like, what was his response uh, you gotta be honest to yourself I, I explained the reasons why I was there we got chatting and <laughs> his uh, his response was I don't want you standing next to me then if that's why you're here like <laughs> he was just truthful about it but yeah uh, I don't I think the bonds that you create, that's what the army's great at. They put you in a team of 15, 18 people and you do anything for them. Um, but I wasn't patriotic. Don't get me wrong. Love the country I live in. But I was there for selfish reasons, okay. for the wrong reasons. To round it off, after hearing both the good and the bad, it came back to the age-old question, would you recommend it? Would I recommend joining the army? Not for the reasons that I did. Yeah, of course. 100%. There's different, better ways to do your life the way you need to do it. Would I recommend it? Do you know what I would recommend? I think everyone alive should have to do the first four weeks. So would you recommend public service if they brought that back then? No, because that's... No, I, I wouldn't. Purely because uh, you're forcing people into a situation that they want to be in and people's lives are in danger if you don't want to be there. But I do believe that the skill set that you learn in those four weeks, there's something called C-drills. Uh, which is, um, I'm going to butcher it now, compassion, determination, respect, integrity, loyalty, and selflessness. Okay. And like, I still have that written in a notepad that is by my bedside table. That just stuck with me. And I think that in those four weeks, you learn a hell of a lot about life. Just It literally changes how you view things in a short space of time and gives you some really basic skills. If you are 23, 24 years old and listen to this and don't know to, uh, how to iron be ashamed like you should know how to iron you're a fully grown man. like little things like that i didn't have to iron for anything like now i feel comfortable and comfortably on iron everyone should really basic stuff like that um and just life lessons those four weeks should be compulsory it should be you leave uni you do four weeks or you leave school or an apprentice you do four weeks 
you learn basics and then you go into the working world. Okay. Um, because I think you just, it forced me to be honest with myself. Okay. And I think everyone needs that. If you managed to catch our last episode, and I hope that you did, you'll know that you can expect more episodes from now on. We're super grateful that you guys have stuck with us. And don't worry, there's some amazing content coming very, very soon. Thank you very much for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time on The Startup Diary.